Hi, and welcome to the U.S. Center for Safe Sports podcast series. Here at the center, we are dedicated to making athlete well-being and safety the centerpiece of sport culture. Our hosts are experts in the field who will connect with athletes, parents, volunteers, officials, staff members, and coaches to gain thoughtful perspectives on getting the best experience out of sports. Get ready to learn valuable information, shareable tips, and helpful resources to keep you engaged in the game. Happy listening and welcome, Leslie. Hello, and welcome to Keeping Your Child Safe in Sports, presented by the U.S. Center for Safe Sports. You can find us online at www.safesport.org. I'm Leslie Mitchell-Bond, and with me today is Bailey Houston from Pacers National Bullying Prevention Center. We're here today to discuss ways to maximize safety and minimize harm in youth sports. And we want to begin by addressing technology safety and monitoring. As parents, we know it's critical to teach our children about digital citizenship because they are being raised in a digital world. Face-to-face -face interactions between parents and children now share space with texting. Just as technology... Just as technology has, trans Please, has transformed the way parents and children communicate, it has also changed the way youth interact with their peers, teachers, and coaches. Whether traveling on a team bus, waiting for practice to start, or communicating with teammates via texting and social media, internet safety is a concern for athletes. Bailey, can you explain to parents what the term cyberbullying means and how it manifests itself? Yes, this is a great question. So just like you said, just as the use of technology itself has evolved, so has the ability to bully. So bullying was once restricted to the school or neighborhood, but it's now moved to the online world. So to answer your question about what the term cyberbullying means, the definition can definitely vary from source to source, but the most basic definition of cyberbullying is using technology to hurt or harm another person. Some definitions might include that the behavior has to be repeated or mention the intent behind the behavior. Also important to note when talking about cyberbullying is that there are some really unique characteristics compared to in-person bullying. While all bullying hurts, whether it's in-person or through technology, um, there's a few important things to note about cyberbullying specifically. So the first is that the targets of cyberbullying might not know who is bullying them or why they're being targeted as it can be anonymous. Another unique characteristic is that it can have a larger audience as cyberbullying incidences have the potential to go viral. And lastly, it can happen 24-7, day or night, and can be harder for parents and adults to manage, especially if it's happening within an online platform that adults don't use. You raised some really important points and we have sadly have all seen the consequences when bullying does go viral. Are there any steps parents can take to safeguard their athletes against cyberbullying by their teammates? Absolutely. So just as parents set safety rules for your child in the physical world, such as guidelines for when they travel with their sports team for the first time or a curfew for visiting a friend's house. It's really important to do the same in your child's online world. So I have a few specific pieces of advice that are great to keep in mind. 
The first is to advise them to never share their email or social media passwords with anyone, even their best friend, as that friend could share it with other people or the friendship could possibly end and their private messages could suddenly become very public. Another important piece of advice is deciding whether or not you, as a parent, will have access to your child's password for email accounts, social media, or other types of technology. If you do have access to that password, it's important to determine if and when you might use that password to check on their account content. Along with that, as you're opening the conversation about online safety, let your child know that you recognize that phones, computers, and being connected online with their friends is a huge part of their lives, but that you also want them to be safe from cyberbullying. This is a great time to explain that if something hurtful is communicated online, that it's considered bullying and it's important that you as the adult know about it. And lastly, going off that, it's really important to also establish that if your child experiences cyberbullying and shares that with you, that their use and access to technology won't be restricted, as this is often a reason why we hear from students that they don't report online bullying to an adult. However, it's also equally important to establish that if your child is the one demonstrating cyberbullying behavior and you find out that there will be consequences there. Thank you. Uh, you make some very strong arguments for just having constant open communication between parents and children. With the instant sharing that texting and posting allows, what strategies can parents suggest their children follow to make sure that they use technology safely? Yeah, so it kind of goes off the last question about how important it is to have an open dialogue. And it's not just a conversation that you have once, it's a conversation that you have multiple times. So a few different strategies on this topic for parents is to help your child determine what is and isn't appropriate to share online. This can include avoiding sharing any personal photos or data, such as um, a physical description, their phone number and address. Another great strategy to make sure that your child is using technology in a safe way is to create a code of conduct such as you won't use social media to humiliate or embarrass other people, even if you're being targeted by cyberbullying. And one great way to really um, make sure that they know what the code of conduct is, is by looking at other examples of social media posts to really reiterate what constitutes good digital citizenship. So for example, together you could go on Instagram and look at one of your child's favorite accounts to follow go through some of the posts and talk about what may be appropriate or not appropriate to share online. And the last strategy that I have is to just help your children really understand that social media and online platforms are really public places and that what they post can and potentially will be viewed by a much larger number of people. It's important to really think carefully about comments and posts that kids are making online as they can never truly be 100% deleted. One great analogy is the billboard analogy. So having your child think, would you post this on a billboard on a highway for everyone to see it? That's a really great analogy for kids to think about before they post something online. In essence, you know, you're asking them to stop and think before they act, which is a really good strategy both online and off. 
When my children were younger, we, in, we were encouraged to keep the family computer in an open room so we could observe their online use. But with many schools requiring students to submit homework online, a growing number of youth athletes complete their homework on laptops or iPads, and we know that most have their own cell phones. So how can a parent supervise online behavior? Again, this is a great question, and especially with how active kids are with technology, it's really important to have some of those guidelines set up. And again, let your child know how you will be supervising that behavior. So a few strategies for really supervising what your child is doing online. The first is setting hours that technology can and can't be used. So deciding if there will be limits on access to using technology when they're communicating with their peers, such as no computer or texting after 9 p.m., no using technology in class, during mealtimes, or until homework is done. Along with that, when it comes to monitoring your child's safety, it's also important to establish whether you and your child will be friends on social media accounts and what your online relationship really looks like. Also going off that, whether you want to moderate the content that they share and post online and what they will look like. Along with safety, um, friends and who the child is interacting with online is a big aspect. So ensuring that they're keeping their social media private and aren't friending people that they don't know. And along with that, establishing rules on whether it's okay for your child to add friends they haven't met in person, such as a friend of a teammate, or if they can only add people that they've strictly met. Excellent suggestions, thank you. We also know that texting has become a popular tool for coaches to communicate changes in practice or game schedules that come up last minute because of weather uh, or other cancellations. In high school, coaches often establish group texts among the coaching staff and teammates. Since parents are not a part of this communication, what should they tell their children to look out for? Again, this is another really great question. And we can see here that technology is a huge part of not only kids' friend life, but the way that they're interacting with their coaches and their teams. So encourage your athletes to communicate with you if they've ever received a personal text from a coach or trainer asking them to meet alone in their office or another location. Also, if a coach or trainer offers to drive them um, apart from the rest of the team without their parents' knowledge and written consent. And also encourage your athletes to communicate with you if a friend or a teammate shares with them they've received a private text or photo from a coach or trainer. So again, just talking about these things beforehand so your child knows what is good communication, what's not so good communication, and what they should come to you about. Excellent. If a few minutes left, do you have any other suggestions that you'd like to share for helping parents minimize opportunities for harm? Yes, I have two last suggestions that I wanted to share. The first is that once you have established rules about your parental access to your child's cell phone or text history, social networking sites or other computer accounts that they use to post online, be sure to frequently remind your child about the importance of these established guidelines. So you set up the rules in the beginning when they're first getting on technology, but then that follow-up is so crucial. It's not just a conversation that you have once. It's really an open dialogue, and it's important to continuing 
to follow up on those guidelines and readjusting as needed. And the second is, as your child grows and has more access to new technology, remember to reevaluate your family's safety rules to determine if they're still effective and age appropriate. So as a parent, you have a responsibility to know what your children are doing online. And one great way you can know what your options are is to explore some of the parental control features through internet service and wireless providers, and then continue to establish with your child what access you will have to their online interactions. And again, I just really want to encourage parents to keep encouraging your child to talk with you about any inappropriate behavior, whether it's happening to them directly or they see it directed at others. Vanessa and Bailey, thank you so much for sharing your valuable insights. Listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please contact the U.S. Center for Safe Sport and let us know what you would like to have on future podcasts.